against God. There is punishment because of it. All have done it. All have done it willingly. Voluntarily. Many times you weren't made to do it. It's not inherited. And Satan is a big part of it. It enslaves. It weakens. It keeps one from prospering. It brings reproach. It separates one from God. It brings everlasting destruction. It is sin. Sin is today's New Testament word study. This is the first of the month, so we have our word study. It, sin, literally is missing the mark. But Vine's New Testament word studies says of the literal meaning of sin in the, in the New Testament Greek word, Hambartia, Vine says that the etymological meaning missing the mark is largely lost sight of in the New Testament. In other words, the use of history for the word sin in the New Testament is so much more than, than missing the mark. Basically, Vine is saying missing the mark seems to miss the mark. In the New Testament, it says this, Vines, it, sin, is the most comprehensive term for moral obliquity. It's the most comprehensive term for moral obliquity. If something is oblique, if you look at the line on the back of the guy's shoulders there, if something is oblique, it's not straight, it's slanting. It's not plumb. What they're saying is sin is the most comprehensive term for moral unstraightness, moral obliquity. Today, let's examine the word sin, sinner, and other words associated with moral obliquity, moral unstraightness. Then let's look at the reason for sin, the result of this moral unstraightness. And finally, the remedy for this moral and straightness. If you would please turn your Bibles, it'll be on the screen, but turn your Bibles and mark it, if you will, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. As has been stated, we all have done it, sin. But in this verse, we see a very grave consequence of sin, don't we? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The sentence Paul here writes plays to the strength of the literal meaning of the word sin, to miss the mark. Here in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, there's a kind of play on words. We've got missing the mark. We've got falling short. As the hunters in this room can attest to, there are many factors that must be played into a, to a good shot. There's, there's wind and there's elevation and there's humidity and uh, there's distance. 
You all understand that. Many athletes in the room know it takes great skill, great skill to make the ball go where you want it to go. If you're a soccer player, to, to, to fake out your opponent and put it into the goal. Or, or someone who plays golf, to, to putt it correctly and, and read the green. Or, or, or basketball, to shoot, shoot the ball and make it go into the hoop. It takes great skill to be able to do that. When I think of missing the mark, I think of darts. That's what I think of. That's what I conjure in my mind. And how, I, how I'm, I'm taking that dart and I'm trying for the bullseye. I'm trying for the middle of it. And how many times I, I miss. I can remember in college there were holes all around the dartboard where I'd missed the whole dartboard. I think of a typical shot when I think of sin. A typical shot that I would make in basketball. It, you might call it an air ball <laughs> where I would shoot the ball and it would just not even make it there. It would fall short of the goal. But when I think of sin and its consequences in the mindset of a, of a hunter or, or an athlete, I'm oblique. I'm missing the mark. Sin is not a game. And when I miss the mark in sin, I fall short of the love, the promises, the fellowship, the blessings, the grace of God, all the things that make up the glory of God. I fall short of those things. If you love God, you seek to do His will. And anyone who seeks to do the will of God should know that the wages of sin... Their death, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, this, this death is spiritual, a spiritual separation from God. Dana was in a seminar a few weeks ago, and I, the, the story that she told me from this seminar, I, I liken God to the oxygen that we need for our blood. It was explained in this seminar that blood is attracted to oxygen, and it carries this oxygen throughout our body, and it keeps our body alive. But blood is 200 times more attracted to carbon monoxide than it is oxygen. And that's why carbon monoxide poisoning, poisoning is so dangerous, and it happens so quickly. Because blood is so attracted to it. Just as our bodies cannot live without oxygen-carrying blood, so we cannot live without God. And sin is so attractive that it'll kill us. It'll kill us. Turn to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Verses 1 and 2, there are two words here for moral unstraightness in the original Hebrew, but the Septuagint or Greek version of the Old Testament translates them both as our Greek word for sin. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities, there's the first word, your iniquities, your, your perversity, your depravity, your crime, your guilt, your sin, 
have separated you from your God and your sins, your, your misstep, your slip of the foot, your sin have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. You know, we look back at Romans chapter 6, verse 23, James chapter 4, verse 17, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, and we find the word sin to mean missing the mark. And a variation in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, where Peter says in verses 5 through 7, you add to your faith goodness, to your goodness knowledge, to your knowledge self-control, and so on and so on. And here's, here's how you grow as a Christian. But if you lack these things, it says, you become short-sighted, blind, even you have forgotten that you were cleansed from your old sins, your old acts of disobeying the divine law. We're not left with only the word sin in the Bible to tell us when we've missed the mark. James chapter 5 verse 20 says, If one turns a sinner from the error, there's another word, the, the wandering of his way, he will save a soul from death and cover, cover a multitude of missed marks. There are four Greek words for iniquity by my count. Four words that mean Crookedness, Matthew chapter 7, verse 23. Law-breaking, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. A condition of not being right, where in James chapter 3, verse 6, the tongue is a fire and a world of iniquity. In Revelation chapter 18, when Babylon falls, a voice from heaven cries out, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities or her wrongs or her injuries or her misdeeds. There's another way of translating that. When we think of sin, we could substitute another New Testament word. Evil. Evil. Where Jesus said in Mark chapter 7 verse 21 that out of one's heart, out of one's heart comes evil thoughts. In Mark chapter 11 verse 26 we find another word known to mirror sin when Jesus said, if you're not willing to forgive, God will not forgive you of your trespasses or your deviations from the truth. Sin, missing the mark. Deviating, trespassing. Not only can I come up short and miss the mark, I can go beyond the mark and miss it as well. Like shooting over the backboard in basketball. I do that sometimes too. That's called a brick. It's still a miss, isn't it? This is how Jesus... Excuse me, this is how Judas fell. In Acts chapter 1, verse 25, Judas's, Judas transgressed, it said. He transgressed. He went beyond what was called for. The Scriptures tell us that sin is the breaking or transgression of the law. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, sin is lawlessness. Sin breaks God's law. It says, sin is a doing of what God forbids and a failure to do what He wants. Let me repeat that. 
Sin is a doing of what God forbids and a failure of doing what He wants. James chapter 4, verse 17, Anyone who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it's sin. You've missed the mark. You've gone beyond. You hadn't given enough. You've transgressed. You've, tres- you've trespassed. You have committed iniquity. You are in the realm of evil. Many will be lost on Judgment Day for failure to obey the gospel. And as we said, a sinner is one who commits sin, and, and all have sinned. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we just read it. Phil Sanders said, In one sense, all men are sinners, in that all men sin. Yet, in another sense, a sinner is one who rejects the Lord and lives for sin. Here's an honest question. If God is so good, and He is, and sin is so bad, and it is, why would God allow something so bad to potentially keep billions, trillions out of heaven? What is the reason for sin? God is great. God is good. God is love. God is patient. He's kind. He's just. And we are made in the image of God. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. God wants us to love Him. He wants us to love Him. But God gives us the choice not to love Him. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 23, that if we love God, we will obey Him. And Jesus and God will, will, will make, they'll, they'll make their home with us if we do that. But God, who wants us, He wants us. He wants us to want Him. God wants us to want Him. God made Adam and Eve and gave them free will by giving them the condition of obedience. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. The option to sin has been with man since the beginning. We all have an option. Just as the option to obey has always been there. Adam and Eve chose to sin. You and me, we choose to sin. The reason we sin is because we have many desires, many lusts that tempt us. Look at James chapter 1, verse 14. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. We are bombarded by the father of lies, John 8, 44. The devil who walks about like a, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Whose three main weapons, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. These main weapons he uses against us with impunity. Impunity. 
He knows your weaknesses better than you know your weaknesses. If we do not get rid of the sin problem in our lives, the results of sin in this life and the next will be terrible. Sin will deceive you, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It will enslave you, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Sin in this life will corrupt you spiritually and physically. Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. If not taken care of, sin will harden you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19. So that eventually you're just past feeling, it says. There are those in an audience of this size today who are past feeling. But you don't know it. You're hardened so much spiritually. You've, you've had rigor mortis set in. And the result of this hardened sinful life will bring about a spiritual death. For Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that is sin's wage, death. The ultimate result of sin will be a separation, as we've said, a separation from the most powerful being in the universe, the only one that can help you, God. And if you do not take care of your sin problem, it will prevent you from going to heaven, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. And the resulting punishment for unresolved sin is death. Revelation 21.8. J.W. McGarvey said this, I wonder if any of us has ever realized what it is to commit sin. I have prepared sermons designed to set forth the enormity of sin, but I have every time felt that I made a failure. The pleasures of sin have blinded our eyes to its enormity. The journey of human life is strewn with tears. The whole earth on which we live has become dotted over with graveyards. The Word of God tells us that all this woe, this pain, this sorrow, and this death is the result of sin. Are there graveyards that dot this audience this evening? Are you dead? Well, you can be alive. You can be alive. You don't have to be dead in your sin. You can be as black as your sin is, as white as snow. Sin makes us spiritually sick and then spiritually dead. You know, if you had a killer disease and the doctor had the cure, how much would you pay for it? Jesus Christ has already paid the debt. He's already paid the debt for our sin. Jesus paid it all, we sing. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. We have been given a remedy for sin by the grace of God as we've, as we've been singing. And the procedure is different depending upon who you are. 
Jimmy, where's Jimmy? You had kidney stone not long ago. They gave you some real good drugs called morphine, didn't they? But we wouldn't give that to one of these little babies. We wouldn't give that to one of these. You know, depending upon the situation, the medicine is a little different. Why can't we understand that in the Christian life as well? That needs to be understood in Christian life as well. Who you are depends on what you do. depends on the procedure. If you're caught in sin and you know you're a sinner and you want to get this sin off of you, what do you do? Well, it depends on who you are. If you are a Christian, you've already had your sins washed away in baptism, Acts chapter 22, verse 16, and yet the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life has taken hold of you again. You've become a slave yet again to sin. Then, if that's you, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pray to God, Christian, and He will forgive you. If you have not repented, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and been baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, or you thought you were, and now maybe you're kind of unsure about it, you need the sin remedy of obedience. You need to repent and be baptized. You need to obey the death, the burial, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you need to obey the gospel, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4, by dying to self, being buried in the waters of baptism, and then raised to walk in newness of life, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Don't miss the mark by not taking care of your sin problem today. The reason you sin is because you want to. And the result of that sin is a separation from God for eternity. But you can take hold of the remedy for sin tonight by putting Christ on in baptism, having your sins washed away, by asking God, please forgive me. I'm a Christian God and I've turned my back on you. Obey. There's the remedy. Christian or non-Christian. Baptized believer or one that has never heard that before in their whole life. There's the remedy for sin. Sin that can send you for an eternity to hell. You can beat it. You can beat it. If there's anyone in this audience tonight that would like to put Christ on in baptism, and I know there's a few in this audience that need to, you know you've sinned. You know you have. You know what the Bible says over and over and over and over and over again that you need to repent, that you need to be baptized. You know what you need to do. 
You've been told it tonight. And if I have not told you the truth, please come to me and tell me that I hadn't told you the truth. But if you don't come to me and tell me that I hadn't told you the truth, if you don't talk to me about this face to face, okay, you don't talk to me, I'm going to assume that you agree. Your silence tonight from now on tells me that you agree with me and that I know what you need to do and that you know what you need to do. And if you don't do it, it's sin. Not doing it will be sin. If you are a Christian and you know that you have sin in your life and you know that at any moment now Jesus Christ may come back and you don't do something about it, you have what we called committed the unforgivable sin which is rejecting God's holy word and doing what you want to anyway you need to make that right between you and your God now let's say you've done something let's say you've done something in a public way where everybody knows about it we all know about it you brought reproach upon the church there's others that know your, your, your problems and, and, and you, they know that you're unrepentant of them. Hey, you know, if I've got a problem with somebody, I'm gonna go, if I've got a problem with Brother Al, I'm going to make it right with him. But if I've got a problem with all of you, if I've sinned and all of you know about it, I, it's, it'd be hard for me to come to each and every one of you individually. So maybe you need to come forward and say, hey, I've sinned. I've fallen. I need y'all's prayers. I need y'all to forgive me. need prayers have you sinned do you need the, the sin washed away come right now as together we stand